2: to Hooked, the podcast where we give you all the plot hooks that you will ever need in your role-playing games of choice. Usually fantasy-based, but who knows? I'm your host, Zane C. here with my regular co-hosts, Dom Gilfoyle, and Tally Grimley. How are we feeling? Feeling pretty splendid, actually.
1: I am. I'm, I'm all right, you know. <laughs> It'll do, I guess. <laughs>
2: Okay, uh, a very resounding positive from both yeah. of the people at the table. Yeah. Uh, so what we do here, if you're joining us for the first time, is we provide you plot hooks taking inspiration from a Magic the Gathering card and a random word, and then presenting them to you in the form of a magic trick. We give you the seed of the idea with the pledge, then we turn it into something more concrete you can include in your game in the turn, and then finally, in the prestige, we discuss how best it could be used in in a game with actual players. Now, the three of us here, we know each other pretty well. Mm. You said that. So, we don't need to do a getting to know you
1: question. Uh, I don't
0: know. I, I still think it's it's a good time with old friends to get to know each other in a, in a, a more meaningful way. You yeah, know? Really. Like, we've talked about the things that we like, so so let's talk about the things that we don't like. Mm. So, so I've, I've got a question for you. Oh,
1: what's the question, Tully?
0: Yeah, the, the question is... Uh, What character Do you never want to play Everyone's got a character That they have always Wanted to play But haven't What character Do you just
2: never Want to play Like a class Or just like an archetype What do you mean Up to you Mm. Uh, I mean Never want to play or never want to play again I'm happy with either A barbarian Yep I the, The only barbarian I played Was an Elf Barbarian Because I Rolled for class I rolled for race And this is what I came up with Um And that was, it was when I was playing the elf barbarian who was a hermit elf barbarian, uh, that I discovered that no matter what my class or my race or my background Hmm. or my stats, Hmm. I'm going to be the face of the party. Ah, uh, and
1: I wish you were the face of the party in the current <laughs> campaign because things might be going smoother.
2: Uh, Should have played is, a barbarian. <laughs> it is. Um, I just find the play style very repetitive. Yeah. Um, you don't have a lot of different ways you can approach a problem, either social or mindless fighting, violence. Um, which is which for a party face. I don't. I don't find mindless violence particularly useful. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, like, I understand the archetype the barbarians fit and for people who enjoy that kind of um, martial, uh, I guess, the m- kind of martial strategy, mm-hmm. um, I, I understand why they're there, but, yeah, it doesn't appeal to me.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I've talked on the show a while back now about, like, I played a barbarian as well a few years ago and, yeah, like, you're not, you can't, you're not intelligent or charismatic enough to be useful in, con- in conversation and in combat you just run up to the enemy and you roll and you roll and you miss or you hit and there we go.
2: Yeah, yeah. And like like
1: I knew that I was done playing my barbarian when we fought a dragon and uh all I did in that fight was run up to the dragon's face. Roll, roll, that's my turn. Like I couldn't do anything else really. Eat, sleep, rage, repeat. Yeah, it's real and I was just like, <laughs> This is boring as hell. But um I think the thing that I would never play, I mean I'll probably never play a religious character again because I just find that really hard and not enjoyable to roleplay. I think I also just wouldn't play, like, a straight heroic... A straight character, I mean, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. probably. Um, Boring. Yeah, but also, like, just, like, a kind of a a hero character, like a... like i play good people but not like uh, i take up my sword i was a humble farmer i take up my sword because i am on a quest like yeah i think you like i need a more complicated motivation than just like a, i have a single goal in mind and i will go and defeat the evil or something like that i think that i need i need a more internal reason like for why they want to be that person that goes out and fights monsters that's fair.
2: So yeah. you, you don't want to be the hero that is given a journey on the hero's journey. You yeah. want you, you want to just be a person in a world where things are happening and yeah. fitting into that.
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah. always like one of the big things for me is like, why yeah. are these people in this party st- sticking together when they hate each other, which always happens? And why does this person keep going on adventures and getting in fights when they get knocked unconscious and almost die every day? Yeah. And like there has to be a reason for that.
2: I think it is. And I think that's definitely like one of the conversations that every Player and DM should have yeah, with absolutely. each other because that that's like a big part of gameplay is yeah. like whether you are like forced on a mission or whether you are just there and yeah. things are happening. Yeah, um, like in my like in
1: the campaign, I'm running. Like, I had to go to each player and be say, the campaign is starting in the most awful inhospitable part of the world, and you have gone there on purpose. Why?
2: Yeah, yeah. What about you, Tully? What don't you want to play ever?
1: I.
0: Uh, and this is probably another I don't want to play again I don't want to play a scholar I I think the scholarly character while they can be very interesting in some roleplay scenarios when you're discovering bits of the world I think the meat of what you get from a scholar happens when everyone else is not having fun it's you do your meat of roleplaying in the downtime when everyone else is like yep cool I want to get to doing things yeah and it just—I always felt like whenever I was sort of, whenever
1: I was getting into my character, that I was holding up everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, and also like, yeah, the role play just isn't very like. Another character might go, I go and talk to my network of criminal allies, or I go and try to seduce the Baron who controls the blah blah blah. And I go like, and read a book. I go to the library. <laughs> DM, tell me what I find, and then the DM reads for a bit, and then you're like. Cool. Yeah, it's exposition, my turn. Exposition central. central. Yeah.
2: It's, um. and honestly, like, I really enjoy, I personally enjoy playing characters with incomplete knowledge. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then it's not your fault as a player if you just haven't got the right information. It's your character has that information. And you're acting in the right way. So it's your, it's not, it, it helps remove um, player knowledge from the situation if you're like well they don't know i don't know that the princess is pretending to be a barmaid so i'm going to try and seduce the barmaid yeah uh so i think yeah i think a scholarly character can i guess if you're already playing if you are a person who has a lot of knowledge and then you can go like hey dm do i know this in character and then you can be useful in that way. But yeah, otherwise it does turn into exposition, exposition, exposition. Yep.
1: Yeah, I
0: I've, I've found a similar thing. We, what, my party that I've been playing in, we've just started Curse of Strahd. But our DM's been shuffling details around a bit and making it a little more interesting. And one of the great changes that I've found is that at the end of Session 1, we have... Uh, He's, they've, they've also changed the, the order around so that at the end of session one we've only just got to the steps of the murder house mm. so there's been a lot yeah. of exploring the town exploring Barovia but at the end of this after interacting with a bunch of townsfolk spending a night in uh, Von Zarovich castle we have no reason to distrust Count Count Strahd
2: mm. at all yeah yeah, perfectly lovely guy seems great <laughs> he's just, he just likes his castle yeah, yeah he's
0: just the lord of the of the town
2: yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, let's get on to the meat of the episode. We have a Magic the Gathering card to take inspiration from and a random word. So the Magic the Gathering card is called Demystify. Uh, Does anyone want to describe what we're looking at? The art is by Christopher Rush. Yeah, um,
0: so this is sort of a... I'm thinking it looks kind of like... uh, The word that comes to mind is shogun, but it's not the Japanese emperor style um, designs but made out of straw.
1: Okay, um, sure.
0: That's well, that's the sort of look that I'm oh, getting yeah. from it. Um, with withered hands reaching out and breaking apart uh, something magical. It looks like a, a an orb of magic.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's it's kind of hard to tell whether the straw sort of look is like a mask and clothing yeah. or where it kind of Or if wears. it is
2: like an automaton made yeah, out of straw. I mean, like
1: it looks like it's got like humanoid hands but then like the eyes kind of blend into the straw like where, how does, where does it end and begin it's interesting
2: mm. um, and the the effect is destroy target enchantment and the flavour text is illusion is a crutch for those with no grounding in reality mm. so anti-illusion <laughs> uh, so who would like to start us oh sorry the random word that we are uh, working with is incredible in- credible. incredible incredible incroyable wonderful well i
0: uh, have a bit of an idea now there are tales of a warlord uh, uh, in the in the surrounding regions now everyone knows that this warlord is here their presence is felt every day with raids on trade raids on traders and
1: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: Sometimes demands made of vil- villages for protection. Uh, occasionally, a town will get burned to the ground for... Not ceding to the warlord's demands. Rude. But nobody's ever really met this per- uh, this warlord. They've they've heard of them, and occasionally a bold adventurer will go to try and take them out, and all they end up with is tales of uh, of a disappearing man. So of course, any brave adventurers decide they want to venture out, meet this person, and it's fairly easy. They find In fact, it's it's very easy to track them down they're not hiding their location at all they're sitting out in the open in a in a hut very temporary it seems like they move around a lot and it's completely unprotected the the bandits that they command seem to just hang around seem to let you straight into the encampment and as you walk into the tent it becomes obvious they're sitting there with their back to the door you could take them out no problem so you you call out ask if if they will uh challenge them ask them why they do what they do when they don't Respond, they sort of wave you away, and once you go to attack them, they collapse in a bundle of straw. God
1: damn it! Typical straw man <laughs> argument. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I was. I was wondering if, if we were mm. going to make our way into that particular metaphor.
1: Mm. <laughs> uh, I suppose I'll go next. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So this one is basically requires a little bit of of setup, that sort of thing. So the party. Will over the course of a campaign uh, or a few sessions, or so, that sort of thing, they'll need to have magical items identified. They'll need they'll 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 go on a quest to retrieve a magical item or they'll draw a magical scroll, that sort of thing. And they'll they'll be instructed early on that oh, you should take any magical items or scrolls you need identified to the to the library to the or the university library. And when they do that, they are uh, just like I'd like to have this magic ring identified. I'd like to. Know the meaning of this of this magical parchment, that sort of thing, or, or just any sort of magical questions. They they give it to a person there who's like, I'll return it shortly, and they take it out back. You don't get to see what they what they do, and they uh, they come back a little later on with a piece of paper with a description and uh, like details about the item or the or a transcription written in a very like kind of strange, scratchy sort of uh, sort of handwriting style and so that's just kind of a recurring thing that's just part of a weird detail of the of the world but then uh one day the party are called to the university library and told that they that they need their help uh and they are taken into an area of the library they've never been allowed before through a locked a large locked door and inside they see a giant uh, like feline creature with pots of ink and paper all around it and it's unconscious.
2: Oh, now I want to know more, but we shall wait for the turn. Yes, indeed. Mm. Okay, so for my pledge, uh, your party are going to open their eyes with no concept of who they are, where they are, or what they're meant to do. They're standing on stone ground, surrounded by swirling mists that gradually clear now, they are standing in on a floating island of man-made construction, maybe an inverted pyramid. And in the centre of this island, there are several glowing runes. Uh, and when the party touches one, gravity disappears, as does the rest of the fog. And you can see that you are in a endless white space with floating inverted pyramids and you can control yourself if you think hard enough in any direction without gravity you can fly, all you need to do is believe <laughs> um,
1: and uh, just in case anyone's wondering I don't think that Zane has played Control this is just a coincidence
2: I do not even know what there, that is there was a game
1: came out last year called Control and there's a major thing in that where there's this like giant empty white voids with with inverted
2: pyramids and you can fly. Well, now they're cubes. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just like that's just a fun coincidence that you've kind of gone for the same trippy imagery. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I'm kind of taking inspiration from the the orb that this uh, straw yeah, sure. person is holding, um, and the incredible effects. So there are, let's say that there are nine glowing runes. Then they all deactivate once you touch one, uh, and the one that you have touched has turned off the gravity in this place where you are. Cool and that is my pledge. pledge. Uh-huh. So let us go back to Telly for the turn. Fantastic. So uh, as you emerge
0: from the tent wondering what exactly has has happened, the bandits are eyeing you off, wondering wondering whether or what you're going to do. If you're going to uh, resort to violence or if you're just going to leave peacefully. And uh, as you as you leave after inciting violence or not uh, so after inciting violence so after inciting violence uh, they they, it is worth noting they let you leave peacefully if you choose to do so
1: what party does that (laughs) ever? It's a very good question
2: sometimes they do it at crossbow point
0: (laughs) (laughs) sometimes they leave peacefully if forced (laughs) Um, they go back to the towns and they're told of, of of course, you couldn't take them out. See, the, the scarecrow's watch is, is always there. It's This person, this warlord, is not a regular person. It's a, an evil spirit who is known to disappear at a moment's notice. It cannot be killed. And, um...
2: So you need an exorcism. <laughs> mm,
0: mm. There are rumors that it, perhaps, perhaps they can be, but only if, only if you can find the, the real scarecrow. They are everywhere, but you can never know which one is the real
2: one. Okay, so scarecrow spirits that are the are the warlord, basically mm-hmm. spirit or spirits.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to try not to give away absolutely everything. Oh, okay. but, uh, this is <laughs> this is a
2: particular entity that seems to appear everywhere. Okay, I see. Yeah. Okay, and so yeah, so really, the my interest is is why. Why they're doing it this way rather than any other way? Why? Why does this spirit need to be a warlord? But I guess we'll find out. So, what? What did we call this? Uh, the Scarecrows Watch. The Scarecrows Watch. All right. Well, let's head back to Dom.
1: So the the university staff explained that this creature has been a repository has been a repository of information and also a, a source of explanations for magical items and that sort of thing for a, for quite some time now. Uh, and the universities come to rely on it to a degree. They give it magical items or scrolls or books and it examines them and reads them and then it, like, dips its claw in some ink and sc- scrolls out an answer. And they know they, they know it can understand them. It doesn't tend to talk. It just kind of has its own sort of motivations for why it does this, maybe mm. just to get fed and have, a, have some shelter. Uh, but, yeah, it's also... They can also get information back from it. It, it can, if they ask it for information on something that it has examined in the past, it seems to store that information in its mind. And now they have found it unconscious, and it's never happened before. It, it nobody is able to tell what has afflicted it. It just won't wake. And so the party is tasked with discovering why and trying to solve this, trying to solve this issue, and the. The source of the issue is like they can go explore a few different, uh, a few different routes to discover the answer. Yeah. But the the source of the issue turns out that uh, a rival wizard has like sent someone with a trap item, basically, or a trap scroll, where basically by identifying it, it the creature has been kind of shut down. Like having this information in its mind has kind of Switched it off. It has caused it to fall unconscious, and the party needs to track down this wizard. And
2: it's always a wizard. It is. always it's always a wizard.
1: A wizard. It's always a wizard.
2: Okay. And what are we calling that? The library cat. The library cat. Oh, ah. Yeah. I want a library cat. No. Um. Two okay. Studio cats. Yeah, I do need a library. Is what yeah. I what I really want. Um. Okay. So, <clears throat> assuming you're players want to investigate further they're going to go to one of these cubes and they're going to find a trial of some kind either a riddle or an encounter or a fight whatever you want to do you're the dm it's up to you but once they succeed in clearing this cube in whatever way you want they level up and they get a memory Mm. of working with these people in the past somehow some relationship that they have. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but they have to figure that out. And so this is basically a trial. This is, they, they can't remember how they got here or why they are here, but it's pretty clear that they have to go from cube to cube to cube, figuring things out, gaining new powers and new abilities uh, in order to do something, but they don't know what that is. And I'm calling this the Incredible Trial. Uh, mm. So when... I, I'm going to assume that this is... Well, no, that that can wait for the Prestige. Like, this is this is really some, just a setting because I, I have the... Uh, I have the uh, inspiration card of Dungeon. Um, so this is... I'm going to flavour it even more that, like, any beasts or entities that they interact with, they're going to look like they're made out of straw um, just because of the card. Uh, and, yeah, so it's called The Incredible Trial. Excellent. So... Now it is time for the prestige, Tully. Yes. So the warlord's attempts to
0: subjugate the local area don't stop. In fact, they seem to double down. And uh, when challenged, every time you seem to go up against the warlord's cronies, the warlord's uh, bandits, the warlord comes with them them themselves and is a formidable fighter, but obviously not as formidable as a a group of, of adventurers. Especially none as heroic as yours. But with each fight, the warlord collapses into a pile of straw. And with each fight, another one appears. They bring more and more bandits each time. And as this happens, the, uh, the scarecrows from the surrounding farms seem to disappear. One by one. Until there are none left. And uh, as, as you fight on, the warlord seems to have a reckless abandon. Seems to be absolutely dead set on besting you. huh? As they are bested, instead of collapsing into straw, finally, the warlord, the Scarecrow, falls down and dies. Crumples into dust, leaving behind only a helmet and chestplate, which is a relic. Nice. The Scarecrow's plate, which allows the wearer to create, uh, to create, uh, as a ritual, Scarecrow's that, if felt, they can take the place of. But this is cursed. They cannot remove the armour. They cannot take it off ever. And uh, if they are bested, they do not die. They take the place of the scarecrows they have, uh, they, have
2: been, they have made. Question. Yes. Fire. Fire Question. can be very <laughs> effective. Uh, hmm. Question. If you notice that the sta- scarecrows are slowly going missing, would could you preempt and go and destroy go them? Go and destroy all of them? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> and what I imagine is this is something similar to building a simulacra. Yeah. Um, that it's just a, a bit quicker to appear with them. You could even use the spell from that's like published yeah, yeah. A, as D and D, and the idea is that you lose everything except being, at, except the armor. Yeah, you're still yeah. wearing the armor every time. Interesting. And if you'd like to impose some sort of mechanical curse to make them start to go mad, make it take its toll. Because
1: it is quite a powerful line. You start. Item. To, you, start you, you you feel that you're you're losing intelligence, almost like you don't have a brain anymore. <laughs> I think. I just really, really hate, get, hate birds. Oh. <laughs> flying monkeys keep harassing you. Oh. Yeah,
2: so that is uh, the Scarecrow's watch. The Scarecrow's watch. Awesome. Uh, okay, so Dom.
1: Uh, so. Maybe I haven't paced this very well, but uh, the solution—you—you you can fight the wizard, you can defeat the wizard, or whatever. But the issue is actually still within, like, within the library cat's mind. the The issue actually doesn't resolve if you defeat the wizard, because it's—it's it's still in its head. The source—the source of this problem—is still within the mind. Like, basically, it's—it's it's got like a little—a little nugget of information so powerful or so complex. That he just kind of can't comprehend it. It's all about understanding magical things and storing that. And this is just like uh, like an exception in a program or something like that. It's like when you like that thing where someone sends you the black dot on your phone, you touch it and it crashes your phone. This is just like a a, a thing inside its head which it just can't kind of cope with. And so what happens is you need to do a journey to the center of the mind inside this cat. Ooh and inside the cat, cat is dungeon it's another library it's the library it's where it stores all of its it's it's you comprehend the cat Comprehend it as a library basically filled with all of the knowledge of that it has a tra- that it has
2: accrued does that library also have a cat yeah i'm going <laughs> to say yeah just because
1: fuck yeah it does but also but also because you're in a li- it's got it's got knowledge of all these of all these magical effects and also of all these magical creatures and items and so you the, you can you can run it a few different ways. The party can be collecting all these cool magical items mm. and spells that will only they'll only have inside thing, the head, yeah. but also monsters and stuff that the mm. that the cat has encountered before are going to be inside the library of its mind as well because it knows about them. So they will have to escape, dodge and escape those. And basically, the library it'll be like a labyrinth, and at the center of the mind is just like just like a you can you can theme it however you want but like maybe it's just like a shelf that's been knocked over or like there's just kind of a black abyss that you need to put a light inside or something like that you just need to burn away this bit of information and so that it forgets about it and then the library cat will
2: be healed awesome Mm, yeah cool um i think yeah so i think that is a really good way of gaining the allyship of a of a very powerful npc being the library cat Mm. um Yes, I I have done psychic dungeons like that before, and they're very
0: fun. Yeah. Um, It almost makes me want to design sort of a dungeon crawler where it's out in the regular world. You're just normal people, level one peasant. (laughs) But then you do the psychonauts thing, and
1: you are much more powerful in the psychic dungeons exactly. or like, like in, in Inception as well where mm. it's just like yeah they're just dudes but then in the dream the 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 world's twisting around them and they're jumping on the walls and still fighting and stuff like that and you just go it probably makes sense it's a dream
2: why not yep. it's uh I <laughs> well, that's just Inception rules it's just Inception rules it's, it's Inception rules like Doctor <laughs> Strange the yes. strain. I was making an Inception yeah. reference there. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no, so from my perspective
1: it would, I was just like oh it's like Inception and you go yeah that's just Inception I go yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> I
2: yeah, uh, I would like to know. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I would not like to know. I'll talk to you about that afterwards. Oh, because you <laughs> want to use it in your campaign now. A little bit. Well, so la- when I when I ran a psychic dungeon, I I made a rule um, that if anyone made a pun inside this dungeon, <laughs> it was one it was one d twenty damage. Yeah, if, nice. Yeah, because if anyone would like to check this out. Uh, Law and Disorder, or another <laughs> the, that's not kind of productions podcast. Yes, because the person whose head they were in disliked puns a lot that's, that's fun yeah. yeah uh so they got players watching what they were saying and i found that that was a really good way to keep players in character mm. rather than uh as players around the table but back to the incredible trial uh so basically each of the different runes uh gives some sort of atmospheric effect that affects the entire place so You have the anti-gravity one, maybe there's a reverse gravity one, maybe there is a total magical darkness, etc. I'll leave it up to you. Um, But the way that I'm imagining the players interacting with this is either as a one-shot where you want to level them up very quickly and you can have pretty much anything inside one of these cubes if you are having a one-shot and you just want to like, yeah, let's go from level 1 to 10 in a game let's just do that and have have fun doing that or this could be a really fun way of if you have a high level party stripping them back and making them re-examine their ways up to that um, so the goal of the trial I think is yeah to ask a boon of this entity it's just like one we, to get one incredible feat accomplished mm. so like let's remove a mountain range or let's Destroy a civilization. They they are they somehow have this ability, but they're like uh, to do that. You have to go through my trial. So and it's pretty standard, but I think it is the social interaction between the players. Um, so if it's a one shot, having like a table of random memories or random interactions that players could have had with other players really kind of mm. is an interesting way of like oh wait, I remember that you you killed my father um but i don't feel angry about it can you what do you what can you tell me about that and having that retroactive story mm. be constructed through this trial as well so it's not just m- Go to the next room, have the encounter, get the level. It is like, how do we know each other, and how have we come to this place? It's combining RP with mechanics as
1: well in a fun way.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think that and that then that can then inform like how they level up if they want to do that. Um, So like if they remember that, oh yeah, I I've got this level in rogue because I was a bank robber and I met you on a heist uh, that sort of thing I think that that could also be a really fun way to one shot it uh, if you're not reconstructing the past from a game that you've played
1: yeah cool it reminds me of how some like some Powered by the Apocalypse stuff handles those sorts of mechanics where it's like you get a bonus to this, and it's like, why do you have a bonus? Well, retroactively, this was the plan all along. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's that's yeah. how some mechanics work in the, some of those games, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Mm. So I think that's a really way, mm. good way to incorporate so, the social mechanics and story building into a one-shot, which can just kind of be a bit hack and slashy. Mm. Um, so that's The Incredible Trial. Yeah. Um, so we had The Incredible Trial. We had Tully's... Uh, the... Uh, Scarec- Scarecrow's Watch. Scarecrow's
1: Watch and Dom's... The library cat and my uh, my prompt was Intelligent Creature, by the way.
2: Nice, a very intelligent creature. Too intelligent for his own good. <laughs> mm, bad kitty. Uh, and so if you want to use any of those in your private personal games that you like to play around your table with your friends feel free to we are produced under a creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license which means that you are free to share and redistribute the material in any medium or format if you give the appropriate credit and do not use the material for commercial purposes and don't remix transform or rebuild the material in any way without asking for permission from us first so thank you for listening i've been zancy weber here with dom where can they find you dom uh, Dom can be found on the Misthome Museum
1: of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality, a podcast with a name that's too long that I write, produce and uh, voice. Uh, it's pretty good. And as of this re- episode releasing, new episodes are out. A new episode. Season two, baby. Yeah. Also, I'm on Instagram. Uh, photos of cats. And Public. And Public. I make badge. Sh- I have made bad shirts that you can buy if you search my name. Oh, God. <laughs>
0: And Tully, whereabouts can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Dungeon Deep Dive every second Wednesday, uh, where we do a deep dive onto various aspects of fantasy world building for your role playing games. Uh, feel free to check us out for all sorts of weird and wacky deep dives.
2: And until next time, keep playing games, everyone. Till next time.
0: Hello, all you beautiful people. I'm Jared, and I'm the host with the most of That Random Podcast. Have you ever wondered what nurses do when they aren't saving lives? Or what DJs do when they aren't spinning decks? Each week, me and a guest, and along with you, the listener, will dissect and look deep into these types of topics. It's heartfelt, funny, and filled with (laughs) OMG moments. But I won't tell you any. You'll have to come and listen for yourself. Just search That Random Podcast and have fun
1: listening. Bye.